Alright guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Taryn Hunt. Uh, excited to be back again with another great episode for you. Going to try and keep this intro short, but uh, today's podcast, uh, we talk about some of the new changes with the, the Pope and Young. I talked with Jason over there at the Pope and Young, and they've got some pretty cool stuff going on. Uh, if you're a bow hunter or really hunter in general, you know the Pope and Young, the records that they have on there, and you know that's what we all kind of strive to do is be part of that, that club. So... But there are some cool changes that allow us to do that without killing these monster animals, which still hope to do. But um, a lot of cool changes with the Pope and Young Club. So stay tuned for that. Jason shares some awesome information with us. Also, before I get to the podcast, you guys remember, uh, check out vortexoptics.com. We appreciate them, their support. They sponsor everything that we do here at, at eHunter. So we're grateful for them. Appreciate all that they do for us. And with that, guys, without further ado, Let's jump into this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Leave us some comments. Make sure you're subscribed and like the podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you doing this. I I yeah. don't know what your uh, availability and time looks like, but I I know you're a, you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you doing this. Hey, absolutely. You know what? We're um we're we're out there and we're working for bow hunters and if nobody knows about it because you guys aren't talking about it then nobody knows about it exactly. and so this is important for us and and it's important for me because we want to get our message out i i feel we've we've had a good message for a long time and 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 now we've renewed and refocused and and i like where we're going and and it's good you know we need you guys to to help get the word out so I appreciate you taking some time for us. Yeah, well, I like where you're going too. I mean, the Pope and Young, the name itself has always had like this, you know, grandiose, which it is. I mean, you guys are are amazing, but I love the the different avenue that you guys are taking and kind of just changing things up a little bit. You know, that that's the world in which we live. We we've got to adjust to the world and we have to make changes. And I I'm excited to see that you guys are doing that as well. So I, as I read through, you know, the different changes that you guys are proposing and doing. I was like, man, this is this is cool. These guys get it. These guys understand bow hunting. Well, that and you know, we work on bow hunters' behalf all the time, but nobody knows about it. And yeah. if if nobody if nobody knows about it, it just doesn't exist, you know, to the general public. So here's here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And you know, we're we're just welcome aboard. We'd love to have you. That kind of thing. That's uh, that's so cool, man. That is so cool. Well, let, let's jump into it a little bit. Um, you bet. So, I guess just real quickly, but, you know, there may not be there may be people out there that don't know you, Jason. So, if you wouldn't mind, would you mind kicking us off with a, a little introduction? Tell us about who you are and what you do over there. Absolutely, Jason Roundsville. I'm the executive director of the Pope and Young Club. So, we have. Uh, I work with the board of directors and the staff to make sure operations is going and, and we're headed in the right direction. So I've got a really good staff in, in Chatfield and, and scattered across the country and uh, board of directors from literally all over the country, um, from coast to coast. So we're, we're out there looking out for bow hunters, whether you realize it or not. Nice. Yes, you are, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate all of your team. Um, I've been a like I've been a fan. I'm gonna say of of Pope and Young for a very long time, and just you know, I I think when a lot of people think of Pope and Young, they think of the records, obviously. Yes. And so you know that that's the first thing we go to, and I 
I'm going to say it. That's the first thing I go to. I'm like, I want to see the Pope and Young records for this year. But actually, Jason, if you also, if you wouldn't mind, there may be people that don't know what Pope and Young is. I, I hope most everybody listens to this podcast do. But um, for those that don't, would you mind kind of just talking about the Pope and Young and what you guys do? Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because when you, just like you said, when, when you hear Pope and Young, you instantly think of the records. And so that's how I was introduced to it. You know, a buddy of mine shot a Pope and Young antelope, you know, years ago, and he was happy for that. And then he got a Pope and Young bear and he's like, next one up, you know, here's my goal to get a Pope. So the records are, are, that's kind of the heart and soul of Pope and Young. We were founded with the records program, basically to, to promote bow hunting all across North America. You know, we were instrumental in getting a season started in Wisconsin, instrumental in getting the season started. And, you know, all across the state, our records, you know, because people look down on bows. They're like, ah, it's a stick and a string. You're, that's not really a hunting weapon. And, and that's what the records were created for is showing people that this is a legitimate way of taking big game. So obviously we have the records on top of that. We do quite a bit more, um, you know, our new three pillars that we just brought out at convention, it is preserve, promote and protect. So for us, we preserve bow hunting. We have the records program, which does exactly that. We have one of the largest databases for, for harvest records in the world. And so we share that with, with, you know, fish and game agencies and, and research folks. And, and so that's something that we use. We, we're also using that even across the world. We're trying to work, I believe it's in Greenland where they have bow hunting, but they do not allow traditional archery equipment. So we're actually working with them, you know, with the records to say, Hey, here are, you know, you're talking about muskox. Well, here are, you know, 5,200 muskox that we're taking with a bow and here's something you might consider with opening it up to traditional archery. So we're still doing that. Um, we also have the national bow hunting museum, super exciting. So that's, that's part of what we're doing to preserve history. And then on the promotion, we're out there basically promoting bow hunting wherever we can. We've got the podcast. We've got a lot of partners. We work with S3DA and, and, pretty much anywhere we have an opportunity to get out in front of bow hunters. That's kind of what we're doing. We have a conservation mission that goes along with that. I know um, we funded some, some research for migration corridors and things like that. We have a voice on the uh, North American wildlife council. So um, if you look at, you know, professional organizations, we're the only bow hunting organization sitting at the table with with some of the other ones you know you've got u.s fish and wildlife service you've got state wildlife agencies some of the big conservation groups and then here we are representing bow hunters and um so that's a lot about what we do we we want to be the voice of today's bow hunter that's awesome, man. And that you know what I, I love that because the way another way that I've looked at the Pope and Young is almost like the NRA of of bow hunters. You know, like really helping protect and preserve what we love to do as bow hunters. And you know, it's been kind of exciting. I feel like in the last probably five to ten years, bow hunting has taken on a different look. You know, from the you know the the likes of 
Cameron Haynes and John Dudley and even you know Joe Rogan. You know, I, I feel like yeah. uh, bow hunting has has been kind of painted in a different picture over the last five to ten years, and it's kind of the cool thing to do. You know, there's those uh, those total archery challenges out there. There's the mountain archery fest. I mean, all these different kind of 3D shoots and hunting shoots and whatever you want to call them. And, and I feel like we're, I feel like we've gained some traction. Do you feel the same way? I, I really do. And, and you missed, mentioned a couple of great, great events there with the total archery challenge. I mean, those guys run some, some monster events, um, definitely having an impact in, in the sport mountain archery festival. I mean, those guys are all about family and, and fun on the mountain. Um, in fact, they have, they run the Pope and young world record course at each one of their mountain archery festival shoots. You get a chance to go shoot all 29 world record animals. It's pretty cool, but oh, I, I agree with you. I, I, yeah. It's, um, I mean, when you look at it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think, especially with some of the younger folks that the challenge and you know, putting yourself on a level playing field with, with your quarry, I think just really resonates with a lot of people. And at, at Pope and young, I mean, I've got guys who, you know, for me, I, I do it all. I shotgun rifle bow. Right. Um, I, I like, I like to hunt, but I've got some, some of our guys, I mean, they're just bow hunters and that's impressive to me. Um, I had one guy win a, he won a bighorn hunt. And this is like a $70,000 hunt. And the guy walks up there and he says, oh, man, I, you know, this is great. This is the last one I need for my slam. I'm the, you know, board member of Pope and Young. And, and, and the guy says, well, well, gee, we don't, you know, we don't take bow hunters. And he hands it back to the guy. And the guy just, just about fell. Yeah, just about <laughs> fell over. I mean, Jeez. guy tells me that. Guy tells me, no, you're going to have to use a rifle. I'd be like, you're great. Pick yeah. caliber. I got them all. Yep. <laughs> and no, he... Dallas handed it back to him. He says, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, I really want to do it with the bow. And, and the guy's like, but this is like, it, this is like $70,000 hunt. And he says, I know, but it just, you know, maybe we'll auction off, make some money for, for charity. And, and the guy's literally like, had to have help picking his job. But that's, that's how these guys do it. They're like, eh, you know, I don't just want to go out and shoot something. You know, I want, the challenge mm -hmm. of doing it with the bow. I don't want to see how far I can shoot. I want to see how close I can get. And it's a whole nother level. And, and guys, you, you know, you talk about hunting and, and I've said it before on, on our podcast, it's, it's, there have been times where, you know, elk hunting will say you're at a hundred yards and with the rifle, it's game over. I mean, right. it's, it's, this thing's down, you're moving on mm -hmm. with a bow. You're at a hundred yards. You may just be at the beginning of that game. You may just be getting into the game or at a hundred yards going the wrong way. You may be completely out of the game. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, you're sitting there going, man, I, I see 165 head elk. They're at a hundred yards and there is nothing that you can do to close that distance or, or head them up. There's just, you're out of the game. And it's the things that you see in that last 40, 50, 60, 70 yards. I think when you start talking to bow hunters and when you talk to the guys who are just really into it, it's that getting to know those animals on a more 
you know, intimate and personal level, because, you know, if, if you pull the trigger at a hundred yards, you're not sitting around watching the interactions and watching what they do. Right. So now you've got another, you know, 60, 70 yards of closing that distance and, and you get to see them and you get to hear them and you get, you know, even smell them. And it's a, it's a different experience. It's a more into it, immersive experience. I love that you, you had used the word intimate because I, I always use that to, to explain bow hunting and, and I don't know if it's the right word, but man, it just fits so well because you're right with, you know, and I'm the same way. I, I'll do rifle, muzzleloader, whatever, you know, whatever I can get a tag for, let's be honest. Yeah, um, Absolutely. But there's just something about archery that you know. I've I shot a, an elk once, a bull elk, at five feet. I mean, that is, you know, it, there is no other rush. There is no other just. I mean, absolute excitement that comes with that. I mean, it, it was absolutely unreal. And the only way I can explain it is intimate. It was just I could, yeah, smell him, see him, hear him. I mean, you could see, you know, at five, literally five feet. He walked around the tree oh, yeah. as I was standing behind the tree, and I mean. I didn't even have to pick a pin. You know, I just basically put, you know, the sight on him and, and let it fly, and it was an awesome shot. But, you know, it was just so amazing. And, and don't and don't get me wrong. I, I I love rifle hunting. I've had some amazing – in fact, I've, I've killed the biggest animals I've killed with a, with a rifle. But uh, there's just – it's just a different game in archery. It's amazing. It, it is. And, and that's the thing with, with Pope and Young. I think for years and years people thought – Oh, they're just a bunch of elitists. They're just, you know, all this. And, and in some cases, maybe we earned that bad yeah. press from, from saying the wrong thing or, and, and we're not putting anything else down. We're not saying that you shouldn't rifle hunt because I'm a rifle hunter. Right. You know, we're not saying you shouldn't duck hunt or you shouldn't do this because I do those too. And we do those. What we're saying is that we have a special respect for the people who choose to limit themselves to archery equipment, to make it harder, to get closer, and and to to close the deal with with archery equipment. We're you know nothing against anybody else. We're all hunters. We're all in this together, but we just we have a special respect for those people who choose to to make it harder to yeah. to up the challenge. Well, so and going back to your you know like getting the slam you know the sheep slam like I I want to do that at some point but honestly uh, where I'm at right now I'll shoot it with any any weapon I can shoot it with but I, that would be kind of cool don't get me wrong and I kind of get where he's coming from as well like to say I did the slam with an, with archery like when you tell somebody that when you're telling the story of of those four animals up on the wall I mean, it, it does come across a little bit differently when you say yeah I killed all those with my my bow rather than I just killed all four of those, you know, that it does bring a little bit of a different aspect to it. It does. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, you're, we're in the business, so we're talking to hunters all the time. And, and, you know, I've talked to guys and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm on my shirt, third sleep or third sheep slam. And you're like, Oh man, must be nice to be rich. You <laughs> yeah. know? Because that's one of those things. If you've got enough money, you, you can go do it. If, if you do it with a bow, money or not, you still have to earn it. Yep. Because you're not you're not cracking them from 600 yards away with a seven mag. You're you're getting, you know, 30, 40 yards from these animals up where they live. Exactly. And it's, it's a whole different thing. It's like when when I see when I hear somebody who says, "Oh, I've done you know the sheep slam with a bow," I'm like, 
that's that's pretty legit because I look at it and you know I would love to do it I would love to go sheep hunting I'd love to try it with a bow but man you know you start looking when you're sheep hunting you got to run up the mountain and <laughs> if you can shoot 150 yards then you have to run up the mountain once yep if you know you're out the mountain you're 150 yards with the bow you might as well be next November you're not getting that done <laughs> so now you got to go down the mountain back up the mountain again and hope they're close enough so it's 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 a different thing and and i'll tell you what it gets my respect that's for sure oh it does mine too and every time i look at you know when, when those records get released and you, you see the the pope and young records every year that's the thing is i look at those with a different respect than i do probably any other record because like you said those guys and gals earned every single one of those animals yeah they may have the money to go do those hunts and, and blow or, or just flat out lucky and got tags to go do those hunts whatever but they still earned every single one of those animals and, and you have to kind of you have to take your hat off to them because that's it's not easy. absolutely yeah no for sure and uh it's it's just interesting and and talking to some of the people um you know even when i was up at the mountain archery festival a few weeks ago in in idaho you know here coming down the, the hill i recognize this guy named steve felix here's a guy who holds a world record elk and he, so he's up there he just got off shooting the pope and young course and he's like you know he said it was great to shoot it this time but he said it wasn't as good as the first time <laughs> and you start talking and then you get into steve, you know his story and here's a guy got you know i think he works for the county got off work you know i've been kind of having a bummer day and he's like ah it'd just be easier not to go hunting he says but you know what i i need to go so he he pulled himself up, zoomed up the hill. Next thing you know, gets into this elk. You know, it's a tremendous story. Obviously plays everything right and makes the right decisions. But he gets a world record elk, which is just, I mean, things like that. And this is a public land DIY, 100%. You know, it could have been me. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, and I love those stories. It's it's pretty neat. And, and then you've got guys, you know, Frank Nasca, he's working on his third 29 slam with a bow. Wow. I, can you even I can't even no. fathom how no. cool that is. <laughs> I like to like, just do one. That's not even, not worried, don't uh, even talk about the third. Yeah. I just like to do one. <laughs> yeah. You know, like last week I saw some story about people, you know, taking a, a space ship, you know, up. no, you know, Jeff, the Amazon guy, oh, went yeah. up and Bezos, yeah. took his ship. But yeah, and so he goes, and I'm like, you know what? I could do that. I could strap into a chair and I could do that. And then I look at somebody shooting 29 with a bow, and I'm like, I don't have any idea how you would do that. No, it's just another level. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things that it's just I can't imagine how much it takes to do that. Uh, it takes it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. I mean, it uh, takes a lot of everything to do something like that my hats are yeah. off. my hats off to guys like that holy cow hey, yeah it's uh you'd mentioned the the convention that you guys had recently can you kind of talk a little bit about that and and let the folks know like what do you guys do at those conventions how often are there are they can you talk just a little bit about those absolutely love to um it's definitely fresh in our minds it was just just a couple weeks ago in reno nevada and we do them every two years and the main one of the main things of these conventions is the awards for the biennium. So every two years, we do a set of records for the animals submitted in that two-year period. So we recognize, you know, the top cougar and the top elk, and 
and so on and so forth. So people have to send these trophies in to get panel measured, which is double, just verifying the, the initial score. And when they do that, we have the trophies. In this case, it was over 120 of the biggest animals taken with a bow and arrow. And so clearly you have, you have something like that. You have to put them on display. Oh yeah. And when you walked into this banquet hall, it was three full sides of this. And this is a big banquet hall. It's seating for a thousand people (laughs) and all the way around three sides of this room, we've got this black pipe and drape, you know, for the contrast. And then the trophies of every, I mean, you mentioned it, elk. We had huge elk, moose, bears, muskox, you know, Luke Brewster's new world record whitetail, you know, Brian Butcher's that, that tremendous um, buck that he shot. Just um, all of these just crazy, crazy trophies. And you're just walking around and you're just like, man, how, if you had to pick one, how do you walk into a room with 120 some just phenomenal trophy. How do you pick one? Oh man, you can't honestly. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I don't even want to pick one out of each section. It's just, but so anyway, that's a lot of it. It's a, the animal display and it's the awards. And then we have vendors. We typically have, I don't know, 80 to a hundred vendors and ours are, are definitely, you know, you're not going to see the sham wow and, and the, you know, rice pillows or whatever. Ours are there for, for bow hunters. We have outfitters that are typically partners of ours. Um, they, they cater to bow hunting. They, they do the other as well, but there's a difference in outfitters between the ones who specialize in bow hunting and the ones who just kind of do bow hunting on the side. It's a different mindset. It's a different way of doing things. And so we have those folks that that specialize in bow hunting so that's really nice because you get to go and talk to some of those guys and you get to get the nitty-gritty you know hey what are my chances of killing something like i see in that room some of them will tell you yeah we're we're not in the area the other ones are like you know there's a reasonable shot and so the outfitters are great to talk to because we've we've vetted them they're not some fly-by-night that's going to be gone tomorrow these are these are legitimate you know top top of the industry professionals we also have um a lot of the gear that you want to see you know kuyu sick hoyt archery um a lot of the the top brands in the outdoor industry are there and so you know it gives you an opportunity to come try their stuff out and, and talk to the professionals and and see you know what what they have now what may be coming out and and just ask the questions, you know, Hey, if I had to have one jacket, what's your take on the one I should have? Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's where I hunt. And so a lot of the displays are great. And then one of the highlights that huh, it's, it's frustrating because we have these, these literally world-class presenters and I always seem to be too busy to ever go <laughs> do any of the seminars. But I mean, we'll, we literally have people like, um, you know, we'll have Chuck Adams talking about how to shoot mule deer, which, I mean, if it can get better than that, I don't know how. Yeah, I can't. Um, you know, we have, you know, Frank Noska 
um, typically does a seminar for us every year, you know, either DIY Alaska or how to do this, or, I mean, just, so you're literally hearing it from the best in the entire world. I mean, here are guys who they don't, you know, not somebody sitting at home behind his computer screen, being an internet expert. Right. These are guys, they're legitimate professionals. You know, this year we had, uh, one of our new partners, Baku bikes, they had a, a tri area convention. And then he was doing a, a seminar on how to, you know, how to pick a bike and, and how to use it in the back country. And, you know, that's a new tool that, that, you know, is, is kind of gaining some traction. So a lot of things like that, just, you know, broadhead choice, um, you know, how to, how to pick the right boat, just anything like that. And, uh, I know the hunting ones are typically some of, some of the ones that are really interesting for me, how to choose an, an outfitter, you know, John Fossil did a thing this year, how to, it was hunting dangerous game you know, and, and he focused on Africa and, you know, he likes the big cats and the Cape Buffalo and all the stuff that I don't want to get 30 yards from. That's his thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I, you know, some things I like to get close to the, the big ones, oh, man, I just don't know. Yeah. Brown bear or a lion. That's ugh, yeah. 30 yards. Pretty close. They can say their distance. I'll, I'll shoot them with a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's funny. It's funny you say that because we had um, in Omaha two years ago in 19, we had uh, Don Trump Jr. was our our speaker that year. Uh And he's a great guy, loves to hunt. And so um, he had actually come to our convention, was a speaker. I got to hang out with him and and we were talking. And two of the guys at, at that table were going bear hunting almost from convention. One of the guys was leaving from convention. That was Alan. He was literally going on a on a bear hunt the next day, and uh, Don was was getting ready to go. And I said, "Hey, are you going to do it with the bow?" And he's like, "No way, man. I don't want to be that close." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't blame you because yeah. I I wouldn't either. I mean, I I'm the Pope and Young guy. I'm supposed to say, oh, I'd love that.'" And I'm like, mm, "Man, <laughs> deer, absolutely. Elk, oh yeah. Black bear, mm-hmm. brown bear, yeah." Man, they can turn your car over. I don't oh, know if man. I want to mess with that. Yeah, there, there's some so, animals that I, I'd like to hunt at a distance. There's, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> but I guess – I don't blame you. But you're right. There, there, there's those guys, though, that are just die hard, uh, and a lot of members of the club. Honestly, you know, that's what yeah, they do. Yeah. And so if they're going to go hunt something, they don't, they don't even think about taking a gun. So, you know, I love no. that you uh, refer to you guys' events as conventions because there are a whole lot – a lot of people, re- I mean, I guess it is kind of a banquet too, but I feel like your guys' conventions are a whole lot more than just like a banquet. I almost think of it more of like a, an expo, to be completely honest with you, with the vendors and the seminars and the events and yeah. boards and things like that. It's, it's, it, there's a lot going on at those conventions. It is. And, you know, we, we start on a Wednesday typically. We'll have a kickoff, you know, welcome party. And, and it's, you know, I think it, I think if I could sum it up in, in one, and I've heard this from so many people, which is why I, I think the one thing that probably makes our convention special is you can literally be sitting next to a Chuck Adams or, you know, Jack Frost. You know, here's a guy that first start, do ever do the first, the 29 with a bow. And, and, and they're, they're just guys that you could sit and have a conversation with. 
they're they're not you know far removed and and they're asking you questions i had one guy i was talking to and he says man you'll never believe it i'm at i'm at such and such and he says he he was asking me about my honey and he said i, I he said it didn't really dawn on me and i walked away and somebody says was that so and he's like yeah he's he's like oh my gosh i was just talking to you know some legend and he's asking me about my whitetail hunt in the backyard you know but that's how these guys are yeah. they live it and and they love it and you know you talk to them and you're like you know hey here's a guy who's who shot all 29 species and been all over the world and you know what hunt are you looking what what hunt do you have coming up that you're looking forward to and he's like you know what i'm uh I'm doing whitetail, you know, in, in a backyard of my buddy's place here in, in two weeks. And that's my next hunt. I'm looking forward to my next hunt. That's the one. And, oh, and you know, here's guys who've been to, you know, all these, you know, Middle Eastern Ibex hunts and all this stuff. And, yeah. and they're literally looking forward to a, you know, a hunt, you know, next Tuesday. So Man. that's exciting to me because they're just average. They're just everyday Joes that just happen to be icons. See, but that's a lesson to us, though. You know, I mean, we, you know, like I've got a caribou hunt coming up. I'm, I'm super excited about that. But honestly, I should be looking forward to my Colorado mule deer hunt that's coming up in a few months and, you know, really focusing on that. And just, just be excited about every hunt. It doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter whether you're in the, the Middle East or whether you're in Alaska or whether you're just in your neighbor's backyard. I mean, we should be excited about every single hunt we go on because it honestly is a treat and something and, and a privilege that – you know, I worry that someday it'd be taken away from us. So we got to enjoy every minute that we can. Absolutely. And it's for, for those of you who don't think it can happen, try going over and hunting in Europe. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it can happen. It can so. happen. And, and kind of like what we started with talking about you guys being the NRA of bow hunters, you know, I appreciate what you guys do to help protect our rights. And I know that you guys do a lot and you're, you know, you guys are kind of the voice for all of us as bow hunters out there. So I, I appreciate what you guys do. We are, and we're we're trying to expand that role. That's actually our third pillar is, is to protect. And so, you know, we're called on constantly to provide the feedback for, for bow hunting and, you know, how it pertains to the, you know, NACA or all these different federal level or state level um, legislation pieces. And so we're, we're often the, the voice for bow hunters on those. And it makes it nice because if it's good for bow hunting, we're for it. And if yeah. it's not, we're not, it's very singleness of purpose. But I think that's one of those things that people don't realize we do. And we're looking to continue that and even expand it to where we're working. I know last year, um, there was a thing that affected bow hunters with, with decoys. They were like, well, you shouldn't be able to use a bow mounted decoy. Well, they didn't have brackets for guns. So it didn't apply to guns. It didn't apply to anything other than bows. And so, you know, we came in and we said, Hey, here's the deal. You know, we're all about fair chase. We're all this, this is our entire premise is fair chase bow hunting. And this fits well within our boundaries of fair chase and, um, you know, and, and we help those guys with that issue. And, and I think we're out there working more than people realize, and we want to continue to do that. And if there's an issue in your area that affects bow hunting, that, that we need to know about it. I don't know that we're going to take the point on every one because we don't, you know, that just takes a lot of resources, but right. we want to be involved. 
and where we need to take the point, then we'll take the point. But where we need to provide the backup and, you know, the factual data set to support why it's a good or not a good way to do things, we can do that too. Um, you know, last week we were on the phone with, uh, uh, what was it, PBS, talking about the New Jersey bear hunting ban. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so so we're in there talking to them and saying, hey, this is not a ballot box decision. This wildlife management, we have professional wildlife managers. Mm -hmm. Okay? You, you don't have professional wildlife managers and then let the guy from Subway Sandwich, like, make the decisions. That's just, exactly. I mean, you don't want me making your Subway sandwich. So why would you want him deciding your wildlife issue? It just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, things like that, we're, we're trying and, and we really hope the bow hunting never comes under the pressure that, that firearms are under almost constantly, right. but it's, it is coming and it's, it's not a broad sweeping change. It's literally one piece at a time. Well, if we can just get rid of, you know, the, the bow mounted decoys, or if we can just get rid of bear hunting in New Jersey, or if we can just get rid of this. And so we're going to be there. Um, well, and if you have something like that, let us know. Well, like you said, look at other countries. I mean, it, if you don't think it can happen, look at other countries. Cause it, and, and they did it the exact same way. It's little by little, they chip away. And pretty soon before you know it, you can't do any of it. So, so yeah. I, and I, I appreciate that. And, I, and that was one of the messages that I really wanted to get out today because I, I do know that that's what you all do at the Pope and Young. And I don't think that that is put out there enough. Like I said, most people think of the records and things like that. But I think people need to understand that you guys do a whole lot more than just the, the record side of things. So, um, it, you know, going back to that convention, there was a, a lot of information that was shared at your guys' last convention. That's kind of what led to to me reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, we need to we need to get this information out to to the folks." Um, so, if you don't mind, can we chat about a few of the the new changes that you guys announced, like the the new logo and the the changes to the membership requirements and things like that? Would you mind chatting a little bit about a those? Absolutely, happy to talk. But we're excited about it, and uh, I'm definitely happy to talk about it. So, so um, I was just going to say the first thing I, I kind of want to ask about is it. So I, I noticed instead of it saying the Pope and Young Club, now it just says Pope and Young. Is, was that on purpose? It is. It, that's intentional. Um, you know, we've been the Pope and Young Club for 60 years and, you know, we're going to continue with that. But but club has, I think, 20 years ago, club was a was a good thing. It was exclusionary and i think in some cases was taken maybe in my personal opinion a little too far um and and, and we had members who were you know actively keeping it small you know in some cases for personal reasons mm -hmm. well we've realized that you're not going to be going to be the voice of bow hunting if if you're excluding people like that so you know now we're Pope and young and we want to include people and we're trying you know our board of directors is making very good decisions for the right reasons to make it you know to include everyone we possibly can nice i and i i think that i don't know club i i, I guess i get what you're saying is yeah it used to be like you'd, it'd be this uh, exclusive thing where you can't let other people join and it, i think a lot of people did feel like it was a little out of touch for them you know they, they weren't 
huge bow hunters or didn't kill big animals and so they felt like it was is out of touch and so I, I think making that change is a is probably a good move and just kind of changes the the outlook of the Pope and Young Club or of Pope and Young um, to those folks. You guys also changed the membership requirements, right? You, you kind of, I don't want to use the word relaxed, but I don't know any other, a better word. So it seems like the requirements are a little bit more relaxed now. Yeah. It's once again, we, we want, we're still, we're still a bow hunting organization. So, you know, if, if you're not a bow hunter, you know, if, if you're thinking about bow hunting, you know, check us out, but we're for bow hunters. And so with that, you know, once again, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it, it was a club and they're like, Hey, we, we just want the, the very best of the best. We, we want the guy who's traveling all over the world. We want the guy who's, you know, been to Alaska twice this year. And, and that was kind of their focus. And, and I understand why they did it that way. And, and at the time it was the right thing to be, but we live in a much different world now. And now we need to be the voice for bow hunting. And so if you look at it, um, a couple of things, a lot of my board members. Um, so the way our membership structure is we have a couple levels. We have a general member and that's for, for anybody out there. If you're, if you're a bow hunter or aspire to be a bow hunter, that's, that's where you'd come in. And then once you've been around and, and reached some, some milestones, you can advance to a regular member. And that, in that case, you get voting rights for the Pope and Young Club. And so, um, general member, you just have to have an interest in bow hunting. To be a regular member, you have to be a general member. We've we've gone from, I think, some of my board members. It took them about 17 or 18 years to advance from a general member to a regular member. That's that's a long time. That's a lifelong commitment. So we realized you know, there's not a lot of people who are going to make a commitment today for 17 years from now. So we, we relax that to five years need to be a member, a general member for five years. And then you could advance to regular membership. If you have number one, attended a convention because we want people who want to be part of the club. You know, we, we don't just want somebody out there who, who doesn't participate. We want people who are active come visit with us, come talk to us, um, you know, meet the people and, and meet the public and, and be active. active, And then number two, it was always, you had to have a certain number of species and, uh, you know, three animals in the book and all these different things. So now it's, you have to have taken three species or you can have one species if three are in the book. So magic number is three. And we did that because, you know, if once again, traditionally we were, we were targeting those guys that, that hunted all over and they were going to, you know, Kansas for whitetails and over here for something else. And, you know, Alaska for doll sheep. And, and we were targeting the people who were actively hunting all over and I think we missed out on some some very accomplished bow hunters that just maybe just aren't into the travel. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got guys who, you know, they've got 20 whitetails in the books, and they've got some monsters. And now all of a sudden we're, we're telling that guy, oh, well, you, you haven't killed enough number of species 
So you you can't be a regular member. And, <laughs> and he's a very accomplished bow hunter. Yeah. So I, I think they realized that, hmm, you know what? Understand why we're that way. We're not saying they were wrong then. We're just saying for where we want to be now, we needed to make some adjustments. So now that guy that's got, you know, 20 whitetails or, or three whitetails in the book, and that's the only thing he likes to hunt, wants to hunt. Hey, now we have a spot for them because we've recognized, Hey, he, that, that, you know, individual is, is an accomplished bow hunter. That's, that's who we're looking for. Oh, that makes sense. That really does. Cause there are those guys that don't travel all over, but you're right. I mean, I, well, I live, you know, in Utah and there's those guys that have, you know, tons of mule deer and elk on their wall, but that's pretty much all they have. You know, they haven't traveled out to get a whitetail or travel to, to get a sheep or, or whatever. And so, you know, that, that makes sense. And I think that's a cool move on your guys' part for lack of better words. I, that's just, I don't know. That makes it more, uh, uh, I don't know, attainable, I guess is, is the right yeah. word, you know, something that people can work towards. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're trying to do that basically to make it more inclusive for everybody. Yeah. And you know, Hey, once again, if, if you're not a bow hunter, we're probably not for you, but if you are, we are, you know, we're who we're the organization that we hope, we hope you support multiple organizations and we hope we're one of them. Yeah. You know, we all need to give back and you start looking at it and, and hunters are the conservationists. We pay for all of the wildlife conservation that goes on in this country. Exactly. And if you don't think it's working, I had, I had 10 new world records at convention last month wow. that would would argue that the North American model of wildlife conservation is working splendidly. <laughs> it is definitely working. I think a lot of people get frustrated with some things, but it is definitely, definitely working. Wow, 10. That's a lot. Ten. ten. It's, wow. it's unbelievable. It's, we've never had 10 before. That's and that's just... It, it you know and and even on those lines you know we added a new Sitka non-typical blacktail category you know we had hunters out there that were taking these and we're like you know once again Pope and Young been a little slow to change <laughs> because we'd we'd rather we'd rather have a slow change that we do right for the right reason than to make a quick change and they go oops boy we missed that mark yeah. so yeah. Um, so we added that. And then one of the things I'm very proud of is, is Roy Grace and his committee um, and the whole the whole board. Um, last year, we added velvet. We've always had a velvet category, but it was never it was never like a full membership, if you will. It was like, well, you know, you shot a velvet buck and, you know, it's cool, but it, it could never be a world record because it's well, it's just velvet. It was like second class citizen stuff right and you know i'm a west coast guy myself i'm in oregon so i mean that early season stuff it's it i mean there are people who just live for that first early season chasing those big velvet bucks especially those mule deer and and so i mean that's another it's it's no less than somebody shooting you know one in november and and I think it finally got through that, you know, this is something, it's a legitimate deal. There's hardcore guys that just specialize in this. And 
you know, there's, there's people out there taking tremendous trophies. So we need to recognize it as a full category. So now we have full velvet categories for each species that you can take in velvet. Man, that's awesome. Cause that's my, I love taking animals in the velvet. I just think it's cool. They just look so big, so heavy. Oh yeah. Just, they look so cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, no, and I, and I agree. I mean, it's like, Hey, we, we want to be inclusive and, and you know, if there's, there's somebody out there, there's some gal who shoots a giant, you know, mule deer or blacktail or whatever it is in velvet, we need to recognize that and yeah. we need to appreciate that. And, you know, it seems like it just doesn't seem, you know, if you're listening, it doesn't seem like a major paradigm shift to start recognizing this, but in Pope and young, this was a, you wouldn't believe that hours and hours of discussions that went into this. And there's very legitimate ones for how it was. And there's very legitimate ones for how it is now. And I believe that the, for the right decisions were made for the right reasons to put us to where we are and, and where we need to be, which is fully recognizing these velvet categories. Did you guys make any changes to like um, accessories to bows, like uh, sights and things like that? Or, and I, I'm sure not on this one, but like crossbows, I'm pretty sure crossbows probably still aren't uh, a category, but did you guys make any other changes that way? You know, we're caught. Yeah. Crossbows are, are not a category in, um, you know, now that they have their own, that's, that's been, man, I don't know how many hours I spent talking about that. And <laughs> you know, the nice thing is now that, that crossbows have their own record book, you know, yeah. now it's just like, you know, the rifles, the muzzleloaders, the crossbows, we all have our own record book. And now even they've, you know, by, by creating their own book, they've said, Hey, we understand we're a different weapon. And that's great. We're, that is great. You know, so, uh, and we wish them all the best. You know, we, if our, if our measures want to measure for them, that's, they're more than welcome to. We, we don't, um, we let them make a personal choice on that. So, gotcha. um, but no other equipment stuff. We are constantly evaluating our, our equipment regulations. And we're kind of right on that line. Fair chase is what we're all about. Right. And so we're, we're trying to balance the fair chase with where we have always been and where we believe it should be with some of the new equipment coming out and some of the new things. And so, um, once again, we want to make the right decision, even if it takes longer, but, but we're looking at, at a lot of uh, equipment things. I know what well, a couple of years ago we, we, uh, eliminated the, the, the overall bow minimum length. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've, you know, I still hear about the let off percentage that hasn't been an issue for, I don't know, 15 years or more. Yeah. That was a while um, ago. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, there's still people that are, you know, upset with the club over that. Oh, and, and it's been gone for, you know, a couple of decades now. So, um, other things that, that they're looking at are, are, are coming up, um, you know, lighted sight pins or something that, that pops up. And so we have some pretty good discussions on here's, here's our take for why that might be, you know, included. Here's why maybe it shouldn't be. And, and so those are, those are ongoing discussions with, with all kinds of equipment categories. I mean, you know, if you look back, 
it's it's funny because people think of Pope and Young. Oh well, they're they're a bunch of trad guys. You know, they're shooting recurves and longbows uh, and no. and and we've got some guys who that's their thing, that's their choice. And man, great, yeah, more power to you. Good on them. That's not yeah, it's not me. I mean, I I've got you know the the latest greatest compound I can get my hands on because right. I I I need that to be you know to be uh, active in this in this archery world, but when you when you look back you know even though our people kind of think of us as the trad guys when you look at pope and young and and you know all of the guys who pioneered bow hunting fred bear yeah. fred bear was an instrumental member of pope and young well fred bear used the latest technology available to him at the time to be successful in the field so he wasn't about limiting himself. He was about expanding those possibilities, you know, and, and I think that's a, a shift for us is that, Hey, you know what? These guys did take advantage of, of technological advancements as they came available. And we need to, to keep, take a look at that as well. Yeah. If he could have used a Matthews VXR or a Hoyt RX five, whatever, he would have used it. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that it wasn't felt, his yeah fingertips. that's the thing <laughs> absolutely yeah and uh and and these guys you know i mean uh, you, you know we look at them now as as icons and as legends for bow hunting yeah you know if you look at at pope and young and fred bear and some of these guys i, I mean these these were they forged what we have today for for bow hunting However, at the time, they weren't legends. They they were just bow hunters, man. Yeah. They just wanted to get more time in the field. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. They just used what they had, and, and they just wanted to be out and enjoying what we enjoy doing. They didn't really yeah, worry too much about the the semantics that go along with it. So, hey, what about um, like lighted uh, knocks? Can, can you use a lighted knock and still qualify for Pope and Young? Absolutely. Okay. There's a couple yeah. of those. Thank goodness, because I'm I'm blind, so if yeah. I can't see if uh yeah, those lighted knocks help me. You know, I, it doesn't change where I hit, but it allows me to see, you know, and get a better view for for where where I made that hit. Yeah, I just worry about. There's a lot of this technology coming out. You know, like the breadcrumbs that that knock that basically has like a GPS tracker in it that you it'll follow it for you. And you know, I worry about some of this, this uh, technology that's coming out thinking, is this still going to be cool? Or is it going to, you know, if I shot one with that, is it still going to qualify? So I, I worry about a lot of those things. Yeah. And, and that one right now would, would not qualify for Pope and young. Um, same thing. And, uh, um, our friends over at Garmin, you know, Garmin's a corporate partner of ours. And one of the things that uh, they talk about is they have a laser range finding bow sight. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk to our guys over there, I'm like, guys, we want you at convention. We, we want you to be there and you can display it, you know, cause, cause we're using their, you know, their handhelds, their, you know, their communication tool. There's a lot of Garmin products that, that, that people use. And I said, that's just the one right now that that's just not approved. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, you know, it's hard to change it from the outside. So we, we like what you guys are doing for hunting and bow hunting. So, so they're on as corporate partners, even though we don't allow their sites 
you know, in, in our books. And, and that's, I throw that out to a lot of guys. It's like, Hey, you know what? You don't agree with a hundred percent of what we do, but do you believe in the overall premise of preserving, promoting and protecting bow hunting? Well, yeah. Well then you should, you should think about being a member. What's the best way for people to stay up to speed with those uh, those kind of changes at Pope and Young? Is uh, conventions the best way? Uh, become a member, just getting those emails. What's what's kind of the best way to stay up to speed with all that? You know that we have a web. We're in the process of redoing it, but our website is has a lot of the most most up to date information, and that's uh, you know just pope popeyoung dot org. Um, that's a good way. Everything that we do is typically published in our magazine. We have a quarterly magazine. It's called The Ethic. Um, if that tells you anything about how much we believe in fair chase and ethics and hunting. Um, so that is, that's probably the very best way. And that goes out to all of our members four times a year. I'm glad you put a plug in for the the magazine because that's where the be- I feel like the best place to look at the pictures too. I mean, you can go on the website and uh, see the different pictures too. But there's there's just something about grabbing the magazine and looking at the pictures. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I I love it. In our magazine, I mean, I'll throw a shout out to Steve, our our editor. It's this guy takes it as serious as anyone can take, and and I love it. I get the magazine in the mail, and I flip through it, and it's something that I, I'm very proud of. I'm very proud to have my name associated with it. Yeah, it's just, um, it's great. I mean, it's got got good information. It's got great stories, and I mean the trophies. I mean, you want to, and, and these aren't Facebook scores. You know, these are legitimate. Ver- when they're by the time they get to our magazine, this this is a verified actual score. Yeah. So it's you know, if you see somebody, if somebody says they've got a a one one sixty five Pope and Young buck, that is every bit as legitimate as the guy on Facebook with a two hundred incher. Yep. <laughs> all all day every day because I look at this, I'm like, man, you know, I, I don't even, man, I, I get a little bit you know, insecure maybe in my own bow hunting sometimes because you, you flip through social media and I'm like, gosh, 752 people shot, you know, 200 inch typical mule deer this year. And then you start looking and I don't even think there's, there's, I, I think there's less than a dozen typical 200 inch mule deer <laughs> in the books. And I'm like, you know, this, this math is not right. That's a, so, that's the world in which we live these days. This social media, you can you can kind of live whatever life you want on social media, and you can also shoot whatever size of animal you want to shoot on social media. I've decided. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, and it, and and I I get it. We've all we've all been there, and it, and it just happened to me because I shot uh, I shot an antelope last year, and I was like, oh man, this thing's you know that's probably 15, 15 and a half inches, and yeah. you know I think you. I think it's, you know, it'll score probably around 72. And, and uh, then my director of records just happened to be passing through. And I said, hey, would you score this thing? I've got an antelope hunt coming up. I, I want to see what this thing scores just so I make sure I I find a good one, you know, this year too. And, and so he came over and it was like, you know, 14 and something. And it just wasn't quite as big. And it, it netted out like just over 70 inches. And I'm like, Hmm. That's, that's not exact. So I understand why people don't, they, you know, they don't want to get fact checked on, on scores because right. you think it's a little bit bigger than it is. And, and I get that, but 
you know, if, if somebody says, Hey, I, I shot a, if they say I shot a 200 inch buck and they've got a Pope and young sheet right there with it. Oh, well, yeah. That's, that's legit. If they say they got a 200 inch buck and they don't have that sheet, um, you know, it's, it's, it's worth the paper it's printed on. Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to tell people that, you know, if it's just you and your buddies in the backyard drinking beer, talking about it, yeah, I shot this 200-inch buck, okay, cool. But you're right. If you want to put it out there and, and you know, put it in magazines or whatever and want people to see it, hang it in expos and conventions, yeah, you kind of have to have that piece of paper that goes along with it saying it legitimately yeah. is what it is, what you say it is. Yeah. And it's – um yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm yeah. sure you get that too. Hey, look at this, you know, 200 oh. inch buck, and you're like, dude, 150 is a great buck. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> all the time. I'll yeah, I've yeah. got buddies that'll call. Hey, check it. Like always during the hunt. Oh, check out this 200 inch deer. Or this, you know, 300, 375 bull I shot. I'm like, oh, that's you and I have a different way of of scoring an animal. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like. Do, do you own a calculator? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay, because they, they have them on your phone, so you just start there. And then the other thing is the next time you're measuring an animal, use a tape measure. Yeah. It's a very convenient tool. <laughs> no, so, they just guess by They just you know take their hand, like, oh, it's about that long. And so then you just measure it by hands. And it's this many hands, so it's got to be that many inches. Yeah. And, oh, man, it's a 250-inch deer. How about that? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and it's And I'll tell you what, for the, for the measures out there, my hat's off to him because the way the attention to detail and the meticulous nature to which those guys, I mean, these guys take this serious Oh yeah. and, and it's not about like, if you get a score and it's, Oh, it's, it's one forty two and five eights. It's not about one forty two and five eights. It is exactly one forty two and five eights. There's, yeah. there's no about it is exactly what it is. And, those guys are, man, they're good at their job. And they, you know, wow. I, I, it always impresses me to see those guys working. It always impresses me because, you know, me and my buddies, we can measure out a, an elk or a deer, and we'll get pretty close. We'll get within an inch, yeah. usually maybe two inches at the most, which is, you know, for the most part, that's that's pretty good. But you're right. Those guys, I mean, they're down to the eighth, they, they, and it is – spot on which absolutely amazes me because i mean these antlers aren't perfect you know there's all sorts of different things going on with them you can hit a bump you can hit something and it's a completely different score but those guys they are very meticulous in what they do and it's it's i, I love watching them do it it's something that i've always wanted to do honestly but uh man those guys there's just so much attention to detail when they're when they're measuring them out there it's you know and here's a a a quality story along those lines i don't i don't know if you've seen the the brian butcher buck this thing it's a 320 inch white tail yes but it's i have seen that white tail freak of nature it's unreal and it's just this huge cluster of points and this thing was originally scored and and you know to his credit brian found one of the best in the business to do the original score and this guy i don't even know how many hours it took him but i was a panel in reno and what january when we had two teams of three measures panel score this thing and it took each of these teams over eight hours each to measure this buck 
here's how good these guys are on 320 inches of crazy, crazy horn. All three scores were within one inch. Wow. That's, that just blows my mind. I mean, I, I look at that and I'm like, I finally got to meet him and, and I just told him, I said, man, I said, you owe me $26. And he says, what for? And he says, I, I said, because, man, do you have any – I said, your buck caused so much grief for our measure. I said, man, I think you owe me $26 in masking tape for how much tape they had to use on that thing. It's just – and he just got a laugh. He's a great guy. I, I don't know if you met him, but phenomenal guy. Just a lot of fun. And, and uh, But it's I, it's – oh, man, that, that thing is just crazy. I, was say, I don't think people – unless if, – if you're listening, you got to pull up the picture of that deer. Uh, in fact, I wish I could find it again, but I, I do. I saw that deer, and it is. It's just there's stuff everywhere on that thing. Yeah, like, it would be so. I mean, oh man, it would be so tough to score that I, deer. I, you know what? Here's here's a quick story on that. So I'm at at convention a couple weeks ago, and I'd never met Brian, and I'd I'd heard about the buck. I'd seen the antlers at at panel, so I knew which one it was. And so I, I walk into the banquet hall and I'm talking to somebody and these three guys come up and they're like, Hey, are you, are you Jason? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, man, we listen to your podcast. We, we love it. You know? And, and so I'm just glad that somebody's listening. So yeah. I'm, I'm busy, you know, I'm visiting with these guys and cracking a couple jokes and we're hanging out for a little bit. And, and we just happen to be standing by the whitetail section and imagine, I don't know, probably, 20 or 25 of the biggest whitetails you could imagine seeing and they're all two feet from you i mean you could literally if you wanted to lean over the rope and touch these things and so i'm like okay guys and and i at this point in time i didn't know who he was Mm -hmm. it was just you know some guys were at the convention and i said okay i said if you had to pick one which one would you pick and and his one buddy's like man, you'd have to think about the Brewster buck because here's this brand new world record. Just, I mean, when you think of a trophy, true monster, but this is what you think of. Mm-hmm. And he's got junk for days. So you look at that and then, and I'm like, what about one of these big typicals? Cause we had some huge big typicals there. And the guy's like, yeah. And then Brian, who I didn't know was Brian at the time, he leans over and he says, you know, I'd pick that one. And I'm like, really you know <laughs> and thank goodness i didn't say anything stupid because i'm like really i said you have any idea how much grief that cost the measures man and uh and his buddy kind of kind of you know hits the elbow in the ribs he says that's brian butcher and it's you know like jokes on me you know because i it, it was it was so much fun but those guys are great um oh, man. and we we had a good laugh about that but just they set me up pretty good. I appreciated it. <laughs> As they should. Good on them. <laughs> As they should. Right. And and thank goodness I didn't say anything bad. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But, oh, shoot. Well, Jason, yeah. was, are there any other changes that we didn't touch on? I, I, I didn't mean to skip over any. Is there anything else that you guys announced that's different that we ought to get out there to everybody? You know, I, I think just the renewed focus on those three pillars, you know, yeah. preserve, promote, and protect. Um, you know, we're not we're not changing everything completely. We're just, you know, focusing there and committing to our members and, and bow hunters all across North America and, and the world 
that this is what we do. And, you know, I would invite everybody come check us out and try a membership. And, you know, if it's for you, we, we want you there. And if it's not for you, let us know why, you know, maybe there's something else out there we're not considering, but I can tell you that we are making, making good changes. And like I said, we're making them for the right reasons. Our board of directors truly cares about bow hunting. I mean, that's their core thing and, and they do. And, and, uh, so we're trying really hard to, uh, to, to be that frontline organization that, that we truly, truly need right now. You guys are, you guys are doing a great job at it, honestly. And then I'm going to, I'll put that plug out there as well. It doesn't cost very much to become a member either. If I remember, I think it's only like 45 bucks become, yep. I, I think that's for an annual membership. I think if you purchase more years, it, it's a discounted price, but I agree, Jason, with you. I mean, if you're a bow hunter or you aspire to be a bow hunter, want to get into it or excited to buy it, give it a try. I don't think it, you know, again, it's not a lot of money out of your pocket to get into it. And, um, you know, there's also a lot of perks that come along with it. You're in the, you know, you get the emails, you get the magazines, you get all those things. You, you're, you're in the know when it comes to, uh, to bow hunting. And so, yeah, you might as well, I guess like that, for lack of better words, you might as well give it a try if you're a bow hunter or even want to be a bow hunter. Yeah. I just challenge people, check it out. And if it's not for you, that's okay. But I mean, it's, you, you know, I, I talk to people and they're like, well, you know, I, I don't know what, what's the point. And I'm like, well, did you, did you bow hunt last year? Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, truly it's, it's, you know, if, if bow hunting's what you do or if, if it's your thing or one of your things and, and you're not willing to toss 45 bucks in the pot, you know, to keep it going, you know, same guy's dropping 15, 1600 bucks on a new boat doesn't have 45 bucks to make sure he has a place to go use it. Exactly. Uh, so it's less than uh, so. half a dozen arrows. Just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, by the, by the time you get a, a broadhead and a, you know, a Luminoc and, and everything else, it's literally like one arrow. Exactly. It really, truly is. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. worth it. And it goes to, I mean, that's so. the thing. It goes to a lot of good things. So guys, yeah, if you're a bow hunter, even if you're not, if you're, this is something that you're interested in hunting in general, honestly, it, the money goes to a good cause, gets you in a good environment, helps support those three pillars, the, the preserve, promote, and protect. I mean, we love what we love and we enjoy doing these things and this, this stuff is, doesn't come free. You know, it, it takes a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and a whole lot of time. I know the time that Jason and his crew put in to all this and, um, you know, we have to support them for them to be able to do this for us. So, you know, we scratch their back, they scratch our back. It all, it all comes full circle. So, so get involved, be into this. Um, Jason, I, I want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on the Hunter podcast and, and sharing the new information. I'm, I'm glad that Pope and Young isn't changing too much because I love what Pope and Young is and, and has been. Um, but I also love that you guys are making some, some new changes. You guys got to kind of adjust to the times and things like that. So I appreciate you doing that, but I really appreciate more than anything, just your focus on, on preserving what, uh, what I love. So thank you. Well, Hey, thanks for having me on and, and thanks for, uh, helping us get the word out for Pope and Young. Surely, surely appreciate it. My pleasure. Hopefully this isn't the last podcast we do together. Hopefully we get on and, and chat again in the future and I'll, uh, I'll reach out to you when that time comes. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Cool. Thanks, Jason. Well, you have a good day, man. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. See you, buddy. Bye.